Investable Universe is about thematic topics in real assets investing. This is what we mean by the global market of things, real estate, infrastructure, land, energy, and other commodities that have historically been viewed as boring old income investments. But take a look at the shifts underway in these asset classes, from industry disruptors to new investors to emerging markets to geopolitics, and you'll find these assets are very interesting. We'll talk about private equity, venture capital, corporate VC, sovereign wealth funds, listed markets, crazy startups, some old guard investment firms, some maverick entrepreneurs, and some paradigm-shifting technologies. One thing is certain, no corner of the global market of things will be left untouched by the changes happening right now, and that's what we talk about on this podcast. So today we're going to talk about a commodity that some, my guest included, are calling the new oil. It's not data. It's not water. It's graphite, an essential component in EV batteries and energy storage, in smart materials and Internet of Things applications, in the lightweight composite materials used in aerospace production, and in biomedical devices. So critical to the 21st century supply chain as a battery metal and so much else that it has been officially designated a strategic critical mineral by the the United States. Here to talk about it is Bharat Parashar. He is chairman and CEO of Ceylon Graphite, a mining company that is domiciled and listed in Canada but operates in Sri Lanka, one of the few countries in which this scarce and increasingly geopolitically sensitive metal is found. Prior to leading Salon Graphite in 2016, he was managing director of private equity firm Clove Capital Partners and chief executive officer of AIG's Asian Infrastructure Fund. Today, the mining company he leads, Salon Graphite, holds the largest mining land package in Sri Lanka, spanning 121 square kilometers, containing most of the known graphite occurrence in Sri Lanka, believed to be the world's highest grade natural graphite. Here to talk about the size, scope, challenges, and potential of the global graphite market, Bharat Parashar, thank you for speaking with Investable Universe today. Thank you for having me. Excellent. So graphite, the new oil, why? (laughs) Uh, That's a good question. (laughs) So uh, as the world decarbonizes and moves Mm -hmm. away from hydrocarbons, um, you have to you have to think about what, where are we going? The, the primary elements that are going to be affected uh, in the business are going to be energy, mm-hmm. transportation, uh, are, the, are the main two that comes to, to mind straight away. Mm-hmm. And in both those, when you go for renewable energy of any kind, mm-hmm. or if you go for electric vehicles or whatever kind of uh, non-internal combustion vehicle that you have, Mm-hmm. For these to be successful, for this strategy that President Biden is espousing and others have espoused, that by 2025, you're going to do this, 2030, 2050, mm-hmm. you need storage. Right. Without energy being stored, because you can't have sunlight at night, uh, you cannot have uh, a non-internal combustion engine, engine ship going from port to port, Mm-hmm. Uh, and suddenly, uh, you know, in the middle of the sea, falls flat. You need storage. For storage yeah. to be successful, the key element that you need or the key energy mineral that you need is graphite. Mm-hmm. Now, graphite is the primary element in your in your anode. So you have two. If you look mm-hmm. at a battery, and I say battery for lack of a better word, uh-huh. uh, energy fuel cell, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. You have a anode and you have a cathode, mm-hmm. and you've got electrolyte. Very simplistic, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and 
even the the the, the great uh, renewable energy pioneer Elon Musk has said mm-hmm. that the fuel cell should really be called a nickel graphite fuel cell right. simply because your cathode mm-hmm. is all uh, nickel yeah. or predominantly nickel and your anode is predominantly graphite and the lithium and all this other stuff that you have there cobalt lithium is like salt that is sprinkled in on a salad mm-hmm. it, it, it's not a major part of the, of the product uh-huh. uh, and that's how your battery is formed and uh, that's what's going to take us forward yes as this develops you're going to see more and more specialized things happening mm-hmm. so for example your anode your anode today is is graphite with a bit of silicon so what is happening in the technology as we take it forward is your 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 anode is going to be going to have a silicon wrap with mm-hmm. graphene in it mm-hmm. and that is going to provide the oomph to your battery now you must have heard when the first teslas came out there were fire yeah. this and the the fire was caused by the expansion of the silicon and it expands it's it's a not a very stable element mm-hmm. so if it expands too fast or expands too much overheats catches fire your battery catches fire so the key to all this is coming up with exactly the right wrap and mix right. and that's uh, you know how graphite is just going to go further and further and further uh, into our daily life yeah so what's the total if you could put a, a dollar value on it what's the total market size for graphite right now and where, where are we going to see it in 2030 let's say well, first of all, I, got, I must say that I am focused only on natural graphite. Okay. So there are basically two kinds of graphite, natural and synthetic. Mm-hmm. And natural graphite is where I uh, focus. Mm-hmm. The current, uh, uh, you know, currently in the world, we use about about a million tons of graphite a mm-hmm. year. Okay. And of that, about 250,000 tons uh, of graphite goes... Uh, into what we call the EV or the yeah. electric vehicle business. All the gurus in this uh, business uh, are saying that by 20, they were saying last year that by 2030, mm-hmm. we would, this 1 million would go to 4 million. Okay. And 3 million of that would be used in electric vehicles. Ah. Now everybody has moved that down to 2025. Okay. Given the the, the 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 huge growth that we have mm-hmm. in the EV market, plus use of graphite in other sectors that is coming into into play, so people are saying that this is now going to be a eight to ten uh, million uh, uh, ton market by the end of twenty thirty. Uh-huh. But unfortunately, uh, the globe uh, doesn't produce that much, sure. so there's going yeah. to be a massive uh, graphite deficit. Now ah. that deficit will be you will you know this is where synthetic graphite comes into play and synthetic graph, graphite uh-huh. is a, is a byproduct of petroleum. Okay. So it, uh, it costs a lot more, but uh-huh. it you can create uh, graphite uh, of of high quality uh-huh. by that process, uh, and that's what will come in now. Pre COVID, yeah. pre COVID. Uh, uh, Synthetic graphite sold for about three times the equivalent price of natural graphite uh-huh. in the same level, which is uh-huh. high quality, 99.9, mm-hmm. and, and, and all that. So 
there's going to be a compression of the price on uh-huh. one side uh, and the price of natural graphite going up on the other side. So it's difficult to predict how big this market will be, uh-huh. but it will be a huge multi-billion dollar yeah. market. So you mentioned natural versus synthetic graphite, but as I understand it, within even natural graphite, there are different types, vein as opposed to flake. Can you just help me explain how this difference is significant? What does this mean? Uh, Yes, there are three three types of, predominantly three types of graphite that we have right now. Uh Uh, uh, Flake graphite, uh, flake graphite, to to put it very simply, like the old Western movies you uh-huh. know, <laughs> uh, where, where you had a piece of stone with little, little pieces of gold on it. Yeah. Flake graphite is similar to that. You have within the rock embedded small flakes of graphite. Uh-huh. So the rock is broken and the graphite is then separated from the stone. You have, you have to go through a flotation process mm-hmm. and then you concentrate it into uh, concentrate and then you upgrade it to where it is used. Mm-hmm. So majority of the flake graphite you have in the it, it, flake graphite is about eighty percent of the world's output, mm-hmm. and uh, it's found predominantly. I mean, the largest producer obviously is China, but mm-hmm. this is not very uh, high grade graphite. Okay. This is about it averages anywhere around thirty percent mm-hmm. uh, carbon content, and graphite is all about purity. Okay. The second type of graphite you get, uh, which is in the rock, all graphite is in the rock, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and graphite originally, a million years ago, came up from the core of the earth uh, and uh, came up through the rock and then be overburdened and some mm-hmm. of it's on the surface. And the other one is am- uh, amorphous uh, graphite. Okay. And uh, uh, amorphous is basically seams in the rock, small, thin seams, small, mm-hmm. difficult to mine, uh, your your uh, flake graphite is a typical mines you see on the TV. Big open pit mine, mm-hmm. bulldozer going around and around, or going through the rock, breaking the stone up, making crushing it, you know, and going forward. And the the last type, obviously, is vein graphite. And vein mm-hmm. is like the uh, veins in your arm, mm-hmm. only it's a sort of you know liquid came up from the core of the earth and solidified. And that's what God gave Sri Lanka. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, you know, everywhere, God gave somebody everything and they gave uh-huh. Sri Lanka the graphite. Yeah. And this graphite is, um, you know, basically solid graphite. So we don't have to go in there. I mean, we could. I shouldn't uh-huh. say we don't have to. But if you, you, it's basically a stream of solid graphite. Mm-hmm. And uh, we, we extracted just for that. And in Sri Lanka, we don't do open pit mining. We only do underground mining. Mm-hmm. So we bring out literally rubble or bricks of mm-hmm. graphite. Yeah. And we bring it to the surface and you know, do all the work. And this graphite, a majority of what's available in Sri Lanka today, is 90% purity. Mm-hmm. So we have a hugely pure product compared to anywhere else in the world. Mm-hmm. The only uh, downside is that, you know, while Sri Lanka, and this is uh, for your next trivia uh, <laughs> program, yeah. Sri Lanka used to be the biggest producer of graphite in the world. What happened? Uh, till, till the Second World War. Uh-huh. And, uh, you know, it was predominantly run by the Brits. Uh-huh. 
mm-hmm. and when the British left to f- fight the Second World War, mm-hmm. uh, the industry sort of fl- flagged. Sri Lanka got independence. Price of graphite and its uses were not many, so the industry sort of collapsed. Right. And what what used to happen in those days was basically you'd see a, a vein of graphite on the surface, and you'd just dig, 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 and follow it all the way down. Mm-hmm. And when it hit the rock, there was no technology. There was technology, but it was extremely expensive. When it got to the rock, majority of the people would stop there. Mm-hmm. and go find another seam and start digging that. Luckily, uh, the Sri Lankans uh, kept uh, meticulous records uh-huh. uh, of this. So one is able to see where there was previous production uh-huh. of graphite. But uh-huh. the beauty of it is that graphite in the overburden, which is the mud, is not that pure. I mean, uh-huh. it is pure, 85 80%, 75%, uh-huh. but it's weathered because the elements have, you know, uh-huh. over the bazillion years have affected it. But when it gets to the rock and it's inside the rock, it's much purer. Uh-huh. So that's where we are and what we do, right? We go into the rock and, and, and bring out the graphite from there. So when you talk about these purity grades, uh, can you tell us a little bit about how that affects the kind of applications that are appropriate for that particular ty- type of graphite? And is there a pr- is this reflected in the price? Absolutely, it's reflected in the price. Uh, mm-hmm. And that's the easiest thing to define up front. Sri Lankan graphite or vein graphite sells uh, at a, a, a premium mm-hmm. to anything that's otherwise available in the world. Mm-hmm. And graphite, for example, our graphite sells for around $2,000 a ton. Wow. And the okay. best equivalent graphite, say from China, which mm-hmm. is the, the benchmark producer or East Africa, mm-hmm. which is now becoming a large producer, uh, you, it's about $1,500 a ton. The best mm-hmm. graphite, the ninety percent and above, ninety-four percent percent graphite. Mm-hmm. Now, having said that, one has to look at it this way: all graphite eventually becomes the same quality, really? because what we do is we upgrade it. So, uh-huh. what does upgrading mean in layman's terms? It means removing the impurities. Mm-hmm. So, what we do is my graphite only has to go from ninety ninety. Oh, let's say average 90% mm-hmm. to what is called battery grade. Battery mm-hmm. grade is basically 99.99 wow. or mm-hmm. at least at least three nines, they, yeah. they say. Uh, and the others have got to come up from 30%, 40% to that level. So whilst I lose maybe, if I, let's say, take 100 as a base number and I produce 100 uh, tons, I, use, I lose maybe 10 tons in impurities. Mm-hmm. The others will lose much larger amount. So their net amount of graphite at the higher level that they produce is, is much less. Mm-hmm. But having, you know, that is all the same quality once you get up there. Mm-hmm. Yes, there are still, I don't want to get too technical on it, yeah. but there are still other things in terms of conductivity of the heat and energy mm-hmm. where you differentiate. So our graphite is considered the creme de la creme uh, mm-hmm. of, of, of graphite mm-hmm. uh, compared to the other stuff. Uh-huh. It, is, it is so good that even the Chinese right now uh-huh. uh, chase me all the time and we are just coming into into production in a big mm-hmm. way or we're just starting production again. Uh, they are chasing me to buy up whatever I can sell them uh-huh. because all they want to do it is to mix it with their graphite to upgrade their own. Uh-huh. 
That's a, so that's an you bring up an interesting point. Now we said in the intro that graphite has been officially designated a critical mineral by the U.S. due to its national security importance and these these uh, increasingly critical uh, applications. Can you explain the vulnerabilities of the global supply chain in graphite? I think you alluded to it not so subtly just a minute ago that China is chasing you down so they can upgrade their own supplies. But just give us a sense of the of the global supply chain. Uh, okay, so. Uh, you know, China has become basically uh, the biggest. China has very strategically done its uh, work in, in this mm. whole graphite battery uh, business and, and in rare earths. As you know, it has mm. basically taken over a large part of the world's, uh, 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 you know, production mm. in in uh, uh, rare earths uh, and in graphite. And if you go to the next stage uh, into anode and cathode production, and yeah. if you go into the next stage too, into batteries. So mm-hmm. the battery market or the whole fuel cell market right now is highly focused and skewed towards the East. Yes. The first batteries that were developed of high quality were all Japanese. Mm-hmm. The Chinese then put up their own and they replicate very quickly. Europeans are catching up and the United States is really struggling. Mm-hmm. We've just announced three mega factories. Uh, you know, a mega well, these giga factories produce huge mm-hmm. amounts. Uh, the reason why China, so you know, China dominates the midstream mm-hmm. uh, to the point where, if you look at stage one, what they call extraction, mm-hmm. for example, and I'll just give you some. Very rough numbers. If you take graphite, for example, 65% of graphite is extracted out of China, mm-hmm. 0% of the United States, and 1% out of Europe. Uh-huh. The rest is the rest of the world. Uh-huh. That's just graphite. And it's very similar for things like nickel, yeah. you know, and, 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 and lithium and manganese. Now, if you go to the next stage, which is chemical processing part of it, if you go to graphite again, in terms of upgrading of graphite, 100% of this thing is almost done in China, uh-huh. zero in the United States, uh-huh. and zero in Europe again. Uh-huh. Right? So what China has done is and it, it just sort of grabbed the world graphite market mm-hmm. and the rare earth market and all yes. these critical mineral markets. Uh, uh, and you can, you know, you, you have the same story on anodes and cathodes. Uh, 61% of the world's cathodes are made in China, and 83% of the world's anodes are made in China. China also has started from scratch. You know, they haven't Mm -hmm. come up and had this revolutionary technology. So what China used to do, and particularly in my little world of graphite, China used to refine, upgrade, cleanse of impurities its graphite through an old method, which was called acid leaching. Mm -hmm. They used to use hydrofluoric acid to basically clean the graphite, impurities out of the graphite. Now, this is terrible for the environment mm-hmm. because it seeps into the soil and, and into the water system and you know then upsets everything around it. Mm-hmm. The, e- ecologically, it is not good. So the world has developed uh, new techniques. China itself has figured this out mm-hmm. and is stopping uh, uh, the, the, the acid leaching. And we are all looking at thermal cleansing now, mm-hmm. and we are all developing, at least we are developing our own technology to, to take that through. But because of this whole supply mm-hmm. skew 
to one side, United States has actually named 17 different minerals, I think, that uh, they've named as strategic minerals because they are key to the national security of this country. Sure. Without them, for example, if some of these rare earths and graphite are blockaded from the United States, Mm -hmm. uh, we cannot build our aeroplanes, our health system goes down, we cannot develop graphene, and graphene is the next big thing that's coming up because graphene is uh, going to be, it's a single molecule mm-hmm. product that comes, you know, graphite is six molecules of carbon. One molecule of carbon is going to be graphene. Okay. And graphene is, is going to be the hardest material around. Now, graphene is multi-usage. You okay, know? like what? It'll, 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 be a lot, it'll help us expand the life of our tires. It'll uh-huh. improve the paints we use, the corrosion element. It'll, some of the paints that, and coatings that even we are developing now, and we've just hired two global scientists mm-hmm. to, to work with us on this. And, you know, for example, if you have a ship, you know, the paint on your ship, uh, especially on the, what is below the sea level, mm-hmm. uh, is, is uh, you know, the friction. The mm-hmm. friction coefficients change. So the ship sails much quicker. Your flow batteries, which are going to be used for big, uh, moving items, they're going to be uh, made with graphene and graphite and, uh, you know, uh, a bit of nickel here and there. So the whole business of our, uh, the majority of our industrial life is going to be affected if China takes control of all these products. That's so, why we position ourselves as a, a position to diversify mm-hmm. the, the, the basic uh, supply chain. So it sounds like part of your role is the production of graphite, and part of your role is diplomatic. I wonder. I just wonder how how do you do geopolitical diplomacy at Salon Graphite? I mean, it seems that you're na- uh, navigating a potentially very uh, uh, shifty landscape between two very large powers that are staring each other down in this uh, in this increasingly contested uh, uh, critical mineral space. Well, I don't think they're staring each other down as yet, mm-hmm. uh, but I see that as something that will happen in the future, definitely. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and we, whilst we will never be of the size of Sri Lanka, mm-hmm. I'm sorry, Megapan, I'll say the China in terms of production. Yeah. Uh, there is a lot of opportunity for Sri Lanka to develop into a major producer. After mm-hmm. all, I have 121 sites, right. which could all develop uh, into mines. And you know, it, it could become a, a big producer if you had the money to do it, which I don't have, or mm-hmm. our company doesn't have. But we do see ourselves as being able to provide the Western culture or Western world, as we say, or the Western industri- industrial base, mm-hmm. a source of the graphite. Mm-hmm. And that that is, uh, and at a cheaper price. Mm-hmm. And you just basically look. We can set up a small mine, like we set up for two and a half million dollars. Mm-hmm. If I put ten of those mines in and I make fifty thousand tons a year, it will cost me two and a half times ten, the twenty-five, thirty million. Mm-hmm. The equivalent mine in any other country will cost three hundred million. Mm-hmm. 400 million. So the issue becomes capital and availability. Now, for us, 
it's 20 feet, 20 meters underground, you hit the rock and it's there. Mm-hmm. In some of these countries where graphite might be available on a global basis, you've got to mine mm-hmm. deep down into the bowels of the earth to get it out. So the costs are just you know, going further and further up. Mm-hmm. Yes, it will be, it will be uh, uh, something uh, that will become affordable over time. But the question is, at, at what level is that going to be? Mm-hmm. You know? So, so uh, your ability to keep production costs low, is due, it sounds like it's due to the relative accessibility of graphite in Sri Lanka compared to in other countries. So it's not as mining intensive. Is that your primary uh, you know, cost control driver? Well, absolutely. Our cost uh, is that uh, it costs me two and a half million bucks for a mine. Mm-hmm. Uh, I produce it $200 a ton compared to six, seven, eight hundred dollars anywhere else. Mm-hmm. So I, I have a huge advantage. Plus I have uh, uh, purer graphite than anywhere else in the world. Mm-hmm. I mean, so, the world's facing uh, basic challenges, you know, mm-hmm. very basic. The first one is obviously availability of all these, these, these critical minerals. I don't know where they're available, how they're available, how quickly can they be brought to market the Chinese have taken a lead, which is, I'd say, 50 years mm. ahead of uh, us. The next issue, obviously, is sustainability of these uh, su- supply chains mm. and the ability to, to keep on uh, supplying. You know, the one that has come under more scrutiny than anything else is cobalt. Mm-hmm. The cobalt is all in the Congo. Yeah. And people have just have found so much uh, substitution for, co- for cobalt simply because Congo is in a mess, right? Yeah, yeah. And then, then you go to something else. Uh, so that's the, the second. Uh, the third issue is localization. And right now, everything is pointing to China, mm-hmm. Japan, Korea, India. Uh, some movement towards Europe. Mm-hmm. Uh, Europe has some graphite in Norway and uh, Sweden. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you can understand it's not an area uh, six months in the year is under snow. Yeah. You know? Unlike Sri Lanka, which uh, six months in the year is under sun, <laughs> and six months in the year is under sun. Rain, yeah. So oh. it's <laughs> easier to get to. Uh, and the fourth and most important thing is how long does it take to build one of these projects? Mm-hmm. You've got to first find the graphite, then upgrade it, then put it into a battery uh, or a car plant and you know produce it. These, these things are all taking a lot of time these days mm-hmm. uh, and are going to create huge, huge, in my opinion, uh, price volatility over time. Yeah. So what about the political situation in Sri Lanka? Does that jurisdiction pose any risk for you or uh, create any concerns for your investors? I mean, uh, do you have any concerns that assets might be nationalized or other risks, well, anything like that? Let, let me tell you, uh, <laughs> there are lots of risks in the mining, in any business. Yeah. But the one risk consistent with every business, which we pay as businessmen the least amount of attention to, which is the most worrisome risk, is regulatory risk. Mm-hmm. Uh, regulations can change depending on who's in power, where sure. in power, what their geopolitical aspirations are, and things move very fast. But having said that, so far in Sri Lanka, they've been very good to us. Mm-hmm. Uh, we uh, have been, we were, uh, the, the people I'm working with had invested there since the beginning, 
uh, almost at the beginning of the Civil War, early beginning of the 20th century, mm-hmm. 21st century, sorry. Uh, so uh, we've been there for about 10, 14 years, mm-hmm. and uh, we know the systems. Uh, yes, uh, the British did leave behind a bureaucracy, uh, which they are famous for, and <laughs> Sri Lanka has its own its mm-hmm. own uh, bureaucracy. Uh, but, uh, you know, as long as you stick to the letter of the law, uh, things work. I don't think, uh, unless graphite becomes, you know, like, uh, I don't know, what, what can I say? Uh, it becomes such a mineral in demand, at a, yeah. you know, quadruple the price. I don't see the government really interfering. The government doesn't have, I'd say, the time or the resources right now Uh to develop this. And they're looking to the private sector and people like us uh, to do that. My investors, you know, the Western investor always thinks anything other than his own stock market is is, uh, high risk. Uh Uh, And, uh, you know, they will continue to do that. And we suffer for that Uh uh, because they place... um, a risk premium on anything we do, mm-hmm. uh, but um, you know it's just something you got to live with. Yeah. So, what is the environmental footprint of graphite mining like? Uh, you mentioned you know pursuing more sustainable practices than had been the case in China. But what can you talk a little more about how you're able to refine maybe uh, traditional processes to make mining itself cleaner and less impactful? Well, first of all, the, the biggest difference that we bring to the table. At Ceylon Graphite, is we have underground mining. So mm-hmm. if you, you know, I, you you can see it, and your your viewers will, mm-hmm. you know, don't see it. But uh, basically, we have a shaft that goes mm-hmm. down, and it's uh, it goes down 155 feet mm-hmm. at, at one of our mines, the one that is behind me on this picture, and it is there that we have a whole series of tunnels and. Uh, cross cuts and winds and other things. Those are just mining terminology for tunnels, mm-hmm. uh, of you know, vertical or horizontal tunnels uh, that connect to each other and where the veins are. And you know, we keep following the veins as they go forward or down. Most of the time, they go down into the earth mm-hmm. and they balloon and pinch. And we go and we mine them. So we are not out there dynamiting the side of the hill, uh, chasing, killing vegetation. Mm-hmm. or doing anything else. Uh, the carbon dioxide imprint that we have is marginal. Yes, there is some always, because you do need energy, and right now internal combustion engines are the primary source of energy. Uh-huh. But uh, over time, that will change. Uh, in, in, also in Sri Lanka, we uh, do not, I mean, we can own the land, but most of the land is not owned by us. Mm-hmm. The surface land is owned maybe by a private person, or by the government or whoever owns it. Mm-hmm. And on top of that, they typically have plantations. So right now, my K1 mine, which is in this picture behind us, mm-hmm. uh, has uh, a rubber plantation on the top. My M1 plantation has a pineapple mm-hmm. plantation on top. We are so far underground, we are not, we have subterranean rights. Mm-hmm. So we are looking after, um, you know, our. Our, our whole sustainability and e- ecological footprint is based on not impacting what's on the surface. Mm-hmm. Plus, obviously, uh, we are one of the issues on, on, on the earth is we have a lot of rock yeah. 
Yeah. And the rock has cracked over the years. So when it rains, this ro- rock collects water at different places. So we are trying to help the villagers and people around us where there mm-hmm. is a livelihood by getting cleaner water out from these rocks uh, and these pools of uh, water underground mm-hmm. and uh, putting it back into the, 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 the water supply system for uh, the people who live around. When it comes to processing the product, uh, we do not and will not use acid leaching. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are developing, as I said, basically a, a thermal bed uh, with uh, fluorine. That mm-hmm. will uh, a thermal. Uh, it's like, like let's say simply a test tube with uh, uh, which is which the catalytic impact comes from your fluorine uh, underneath and on the sides, and the heat will melt away or put to one side your your impurities. Mm-hmm. So there is, with anything that you do like this, there is an impact to to the uh, e- ecology, but it's de minimis compared mm-hmm. to uh, what is done with acid leaching. Mm-hmm. So what is the refining process like for graphite once it has been taken out of the ground? Are you able to refine? I mean, you did mention that there's some upgrading activity that goes on. Sometimes you ship it so to what, other... Yeah. So what we typically would do is... You bring it out uh, in blocks. Mm-hmm. So it depends. Uh, if you sell it as raw natural graphite, it is typically crushed mm-hmm. and put into black bags and put into a container and sold off to somebody. Uh, upgrading. Uh, now, it depends. Uh, you can upgrade it in many ways, uh, but typically in today's world, everybody wants to try and upgrade it to the three nines for the batteries. Mm-hmm. Uh, then you can either, it goes through a heating process. After that, you do get a little more technical. When it goes into the anode, mm-hmm. it's spherodized. So you make small spheres of the graphite. And each battery manufacturer, uh, you know, true to human nature, if you might remember the old Betamax and VHS analogy, yeah. Yeah. it's the same product, but, you know, one with a big tape, one with a small tape, one with two inches, one with three inches. Battery makers are alive. So mm-hmm. some guy needs a tw- 10 microns, some with a 15 microns, the size of the spheres, and, you know, I want five pieces, I want four pieces. So people basically cater to that and, and move it on. You can further refine your graphite to make expanded graphite, which has very few... As you get more and more technical and sophisticated and spe- um, uh, pure, you have fewer uses, but the price sort of mm-hmm. goes up and up and goes into different uh, elements. I, I was just going to ask, is there is does all of this refining activity occur in Sri Lanka or is it shipped no, someplace no, no, no. else? Okay, no. Uh, so far, we, we are not at that stage yet. We are just mm-hmm. mining. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the big issue is, uh, and, you know, there's so much protectionism going on. Sure. We were on a call, call the other day uh, with uh, one of the big British battery manufacturers who told us that unless the products come from Europe, uh-huh. they can't use them because they'll have to pay X amount of government duty. Mm-hmm. So they are all trying to get us to take our raw graphite to Europe because Europe doesn't have any graphite. You know, they can mm-hmm. do. They've got all the big car manufacturers there. Yeah, uh, Mercedes, Audi, Volkswagen, the Italians, the French, the uh, British, you name them, they're all there. Yeah, uh, And uh, so they're going to need this product more than anywhere. And sure. There's no way they're going to get it. So what do they do? They say, you come here and you upgrade here and value add. Uh, yes. In, 
So if we value add in Europe, it becomes uh-huh. a European product. <laughs> so the thought, the thought is, depending on where we think our real markets are going to be, mm-hmm. whether it's uh, North America or Europe or maybe even Japan, that's where we'll do all the value add. Mm-hmm. So let's uh, a question about next generation mining technologies. Are there any that you're excited about that will just make the process of getting the graphite out of the ground and or upgrading it and or you know doing the value add? Anything that's going to make your life more exciting in the world of graphite? Uh, ma'am, not in my lifetime. <laughs> <laughs> really? <laughs> but, I mean, you know, I'm 65 years old huh. now, so uh, I, I don't see myself in this for very much longer. But huh. um, what I see as happening uh, definitely is our ability to ascertain um, where the graphite is. Okay. And uh, be able to access it. Mm-hmm. Uh, because they've got all this, uh, these satellites up there. Sure. And with the radar that they have, the earth penetrating radar, that can show up the graphite much easier mm-hmm. than me using you know, a diamond drilling machine that goes 5, 10, 15, depending on the the, 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 the the strength of the rock a day. And I finally cross a vein, then I hit another vein, then I say, oh, we got some geologists to come in and give you some hocus-pocus mm-hmm. number that he says you've got so much graphite out there. And he calculates it in terms of depending on the amount of rock you've got to break. I all, it, it, uh-huh. you know, I'm, I, I'm an investment banker. Yeah. A private equity person. I looked at solutions rather than finding reasons not to do things. Uh-huh. And I, I think with the coming of radar uh, and, and other, you know, more modern developments, we'll be able to see where this exists, mm-hmm. go after it and get it. Yeah. Uh, I, I think it's still going to take a bit of time uh, to come up with techniques of mining. I mean, there'll always be developments, mm-hmm. but anything that's earth shattering is going uh-huh. to make life that much easier. You know, it's interesting. On the topic of headline risk, I just wanted to ask you, you know, earlier uh, or last year, rather, uh, Elon Musk, you know, made comments about uh, Tesla's own uh, needs for, for nickel and it, it moved the price of it moved the price of nickel. Is that the case with graphite that, you know, someone jawbones maybe a little about their company, whether it's Elon Musk or somebody else, and it's sufficient to move the market, uh, the market price for graphite? That's the way the markets move. But mm-hmm. I will... If Mr. Musk listens to your podcast, he does. I, I, <laughs> he does. I, I give him, I give him, and Jeff Bezos, yes, and all these other guys who are trying to do something different. Yeah. One piece of advice, okay? They are all going to suffer unless they control the entire supply chain. Okay, they have to vertically integrate. Horizontal, you know, two times they've got to vertically integrate. If you don't do that, uh huh. I will always be able to hold you to ransom for something. Sure. And in this case, China is going to, you know, how long will they deal with China? Mm-hmm. I'm not talking about their political issues, but just mm-hmm. as a commercial transaction. After all, money is fungible. Whoever yeah. gives me more money, I'll sell my product to him, right? Yeah. These guys, if they are smart, what they'll do is, what do they need? They need some basic products. They've got to be able to say, I will go and get the mines. Mm-hmm. You know? So if you're going to go into uh, fuel and energy cells, 
go get some graphite mines, some lithium mines, mm-hmm. nickel mines. These are otherwise people are going to. So the uses of graphite, as you so correctly said, are tremendous. Yeah. After all, graphite used to be used in the steel business in a big way. The, you know, you might have heard of electric arc furnaces. So your cathode mm-hmm. there, your electrodes there are made out of pure graphite. Mm-hmm. Then you, it's used as a lubricant. It's used in the 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 the, the uh, what do you call it? Uh, your your handphones, you know, mm-hmm. for your screen uh, mm-hmm. and for your uh, your batteries. Uh, electric cars are just one part of its today's demand. Mm-hmm. My view on life is that before I die, and this time I say before I die, <laughs> every house in America will have its own renewable energy source, mm-hmm. whether it be solar or tidal or uh, wind or whatever it is, right? Mm-hmm. And we'll all have a shoebox size generator, battery storage fuel cell in our garage uh-huh. and that will con- that will have, be able to have a month two month supply of of energy stored mm-hmm. through the excess that we generate on the roof sure. right now anything that i excess i generate goes to southern california edison at some <laughs> crappy price right yeah and then if there's a if, if they uh, blow up uh, the power supply i can't put my own on right mm-hmm. so that's going to change. This is going to be the revolutionary generational change mm-hmm. that takes place. And if people like Elon Musk and Bezos and these other big-time industrialists uh, don't think through this process, they're going to get stuck, that the product's going to go somewhere else, mm-hmm. and they're going to get left with the dredges. So and, fi- and they're going to suffer for that. So finally, can you talk about your investors or any exciting in- expansion plans that you may have on tap this year? Any news you well, want to hatch here on the podcast? No, I mean, uh, the, the message I give everybody is mm-hmm. two messages. One is, uh, right now, I'm a, uh, I'm a natural graphite producer. Mm-hmm. And my business mantra is production, production, production. Mm-hmm. And every measurement, this, that, or the other, I do based on production. But that is not my goal. My goal is to become a technology company. Mm-hmm. And we've hired these scientists, and the idea is to commercialize these technological developments mm-hmm. and practice what we've pre- been preaching, that we are the source of the mineral. How do we make it go to the end user mm-hmm. in the most sophisticated way through the most sophisticated product? Forget, it might not go to energy, to electric vehicles. It might all go into graphene, or it might all go into... Something else, you know, that that's coming. So uh, our whole focus is maybe in four years to make the shift into a technology uh, company. Mm-hmm. And and the other message that I give uh, most investors is we have started very small. You know, we mm-hmm. started one mine, two mines. Now we're going on to four slowly. And we have done this uh, with limited resources. So if I had 10 times... So if somebody gave me $20 million today or $40 million into this business, I can quadruple the output with the same amount of time. Mm-hmm. So it's all a function of dollars. The more that comes in, the more that will come out. Mm-hmm. So my investors right now are all, you know, I'd say North American, majority North American, uh, you know, mm-hmm. junior mining investors. But if we get some uh, 
Daddy Big Bucks who comes around and decides <laughs> to look uh, at, at it, uh, you know, maybe take it away from us or help us yeah. help him grow it or whatever. It will make a big difference because sure. not only will we come up uh, in the supply chain as a alternate provider, mm-hmm. uh, not only will we have new products from our scientific uh, brains who've done, you know, my, the two scientists we have are some 30 patents amongst them. And we are going to continue releasing new patents. Uh, plus, there are a whole load of others who are developing and who need this product. And and, and I think, uh, you know, the, 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 they used to say the sky is the horizon. I'd say outer space is the horizon. Sure, now. yeah, yeah. So that's endless. Yeah. That's endless. Excellent. Bharat Parashar, Silon Graphite, thank you for speaking with Investable Universe this week. You're most welcome. Thank you that's all we got for investable universe this week if you like what you heard share the link check out the site at investableuniverse.com or pitch us for future episodes the address is editor at investableuniverse.com my name is rebecca darst and you'll hear more from me next time